I still want more of my snack, though. Alright. Yeah. We're just gonna start this one with us fucking eating. I'll get really close to my microphone so we do some ASMR. Mmm. Mmm. Wait, can you hear me chewing? I'm not chewing anymore. Not really. No. <laughs> well, I couldn't hear it really. Over my chewing, at least. I don't have my mic too too close, but. Oh fuck. Yeah, dude. I'm fighting with. Oh, I can't say that. I get in trouble. Yeah. Lame. Lame. Take you down. Meta. Meta's lame. Meta's super fucking. Well, here I'll 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 start with uh, what's been on my mind this week. Okay. Remember that video I sent to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's a, I think it's a really interesting video because there's a lady with cancer, and what was it? I can't yeah. remember the show. What was the was, show? I think it was uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah, I think that's the show. And uh, she goes and she auditions for the show. Basically, the song is about her experience being with your cancer and it's just a really obviously an emotional and uh, crazy experience to watch the video and she she actually died soon after the video apparently but the video said I didn't look too much into it but I just found it really interesting is because thinking of putting myself in her shoes and at what she's doing in her life she got told she only has so long to live or she has so much cancer and she chooses to pursue this uh this dream and it's not necessarily a career where at her point it's it's a dream it's uh and so i just thought it was crazy and insightful to me of how she was able to perform that song mm-hmm because it was obviously from the heart for one it was meaningful and personal to her the way she created the song but it was it was beyond that you know recently we've been talking about the muse and such and how she was able just to tap into that so easily it's like because she didn't have an option and i thought that was just so cool she's on her deathbed what other option is there there's no distractions for her she doesn't care about getting on her phone and yada yada. No, she only has a certain amount of time to live. And so she's diving into that creative flow, that muse, easily. Because she wants that to be the rest of her life. To be able to share that and explore that. And I think it was just something so awesome and beautiful to watch that. And something really insightful to me trying to unlock my creative side is just by unlocking or tapping into your true potential and purpose, I think you're able to access that creative flow easily. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, she had a 2% chance of survival. I remember that. I remember when you sent it to me, like it really, I mean, it hit pretty fucking hard. Like I, that that hit me really fucking hard. Um, 
And I remember when they asked her, they're like, oh, like, what have you been doing? And she's like, I haven't been working. I've been fighting cancer. And they're like, oh, shoot, how's that going? And she's like, it's good. It's fine. And they're like, oh, it's fine. So you're, you're like, you're cancer free. She's like, no, last I checked, I have it in my spine, my liver, my like kidney. And it was like all over her body. And they were like, so you're not fine. And she's like, well, I mean, I'm alive. And like, what more could I ask for? And like, she was just like happy just to be there. And they're like, okay. And I remember the song she sang was called It's Okay. And at the end of it, she said something that hit me so fucking hard. And she said, you can't wait for everything to be good to follow your dreams. Like, you can't wait for things to be good to go out and do the things you want to do. And that fucking hits so hard because it's so true. Like, you can't wait for the right opportunity. Like, you just have to take action. And she's, she was literally dying. And she was like, I got to take action. Like, I have to do this thing. Like, I want to do it. And it created this question that I actually wanted to ask you after I watched it. And I just decided I'd wait for the pod. But if you had one week left, say you had until next Tuesday to live. What would you want to create this world? What would you want to create this week to deliver to the world on Monday before you go? Like, what is it that you want, would want to do before you die? Like, if you had one week to live and you were going to go on next Tuesday, like, what would you want to create and give to the world on Monday? And see, naturally, after watching that video, this is something that's been on my mind. You know, a question I've been asking myself recently and I've been really thinking about because, I mean, naturally, there's the relationship side of things and you want to be around people you love and you want to spend your last moments with the people you love. But then there's also the other half of it is what am I going to leave here for everyone? You know, what is going to be my legacy? And what was the movie? Shoot. There was a movie, I think it's like a Christian movie, but it's about a young high school boy that's only given a certain amount of time to live. He's given cancer, and he creates a song, and it actually becomes one of the best top, I think the top Christian single. Shoot, what's the name of that one? It's a pretty good one, but it's the same concept. It's just when you're given that option, you you have to focus, and so he decided he wanted to, he wanted to give that to the world. And obviously with me personally, it's, I have music and I, I want to be able to give that. And I'm always working on something. And I think the cool thing is if you could wrap your mind around it, if you were given, you know, a week to live or so, or a month to live, I think the ideal thing is you wouldn't change how you're living your life. You would already be living it. Mm-hmm. And I, I could say I'm not, Exactly. Obviously, I would change some things, but I am happy to say I am working on things that I would just dive into deeper if I was given that option. <laughs> but it is an intense question that you have to ask yourself and just, just thinking about it. Like, what if you ju- you psych people out? What if you told them, you know, what if a doctor told you you have a week to live, you know, and you did it. But what are you going to accomplish in that time? And you're going to probably do something really great. You know, whether it's, you know, with relationships or leaving something here, being creative, 
See, and that's the thing is I watched that and the first thing that came to mind was like how much I miss my family. And I haven't seen them in over three years. Like, haven't seen my dad, haven't seen my mom, haven't seen my siblings in over three years. And it, that fucks with me, like tremendously. And the biggest hurdle for me is going to a place that you've experienced all of your pain in. Like Idaho is the hardest place for me, like mentally. The idea of going to Idaho scares the shit out of me. But after watching that video, it was like, I don't care. I would rather be in hell surrounded by the people I love than be in paradise and be alone. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I would rather be in hell with the people I love than be in paradise and be alone. Like, as much as I love Hawaii, this place is amazing, but... Like, there's no better feeling than being with your friends, like, laughing and sitting around. Like, the times where we were all together just joking and roasting each other and having those game nights and volleyball in the backyard, Carl's backyard, man, like, like that, that's what every day should be like. Like we should be able to like sit around and work on stuff together as if it is our last moment, as if it is like the last year. And I don't know, I think I was raised with this mentality of like spread out, move far away, figure it out on your own. Like you're a lone wolf in this life and like you die alone. And I don't think that's true. I think I've learned that that is wrong. Especially in this last year, I've realized that you can't do it alone. Like it's not optimal to do it alone. And I think of that quote from Planet of the Apes. Um, the, the ape Caesar had this, uh, when he was in that enclosure, there was this ape that could talk as well, but they had limited words and I remember he picked up a stick and it was the uh, orangutan, I think it was. And he broke this stick and he said, ape alone weak. And then he grabbed a bundle of sticks and he tried to break it and he couldn't. And he goes, ape together strong. And I realized that when you're trying to make something meaningful in life, you can't do it alone. Like you have to be around people that want to create something meaningful. And if you do it alone, like you're weak, you can be broken, you can be killed. But if you're with the people that you love, like you're pretty invincible, like you're pretty strong and you've got a lot more energy. It's like you said about like cold showers and whatnot. Like if you're with a group of dudes and they're like, let's do an ice plunge, like alone, you're like, I don't want to do that shit. But if you're with the group of guys, you're like, I've got the energy to do this. Let's do this. And like, it goes back to the lesson of the Belgian horses. Like alone, they could pull 8,000 pounds. But together, they could pull 42,000 pounds. And if they're trained together for a year, they can pull up to 56,000 pounds. Like a Belgian horse alone can only pull like 8,000. But with one other that like works with them, they can pull more than like double what they could have pulled alone. Like it's, it's fucking insane.
And I've been in Hawaii for three years trying to create some network and really get my footing in the world. And I love it. Like, this place is beautiful. But life's not worth it without the people you love. Like, it's genuinely not fucking worth it. And people go all the fucking time. Like, you wake up one day and you just get that phone call. And it's like, hey, this person's gone. And you're like, fuck, I thought I had like a couple more years to go see them. Like, that's it. And so the only thing you get is your moments. And I think the one thing that I've learned this last year is chasing those moments, finding those moments, being in those moments, and finding who I want to spend those moments with. Yeah, I think of, uh, like, when you're saying, uh, like, home is where the heart is, that kind of quote, you know, is just... (laughs) Yeah, you're always drawn, and as much as, you know, I want to get out of Idaho, but I'm always going to, it's it's going to be, my family's here, and I have a bunch of friends here, and so it's just, I'm, I'm bound to it, whether I move or what, I am bound to it, and I'll always have to come back, because that is that. But uh, one thing that's been on my mind is uh, death, you know, is... I think uh, people don't like to think about it. I think people avoid the idea. And honestly, like getting personal for me, there's sometimes when I think about death and my personal death and I like get overcome with like fear, honestly. And it's kind of crazy. I don't want to I don't want it to like be that way. I just want to embrace it, you know, when it comes and be prepared for it. But it's it's a scary thought, you know. Don't get me wrong, but it's something. I think if you embrace it and accept it, and come to terms with it, your life can be more fulfilling. And understand it. I mean, death is there, and it serves a good purpose for everyone. I mean, it gives life meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, without it, life would be pointless, and everyone would be doing whatever they want, and. But with that meaning, you know, like the girl from the video and she chooses to do this, you know, but here's the thing is she knew death was coming to her. Although we know it's coming eventually, we don't know how often. So a lot of us, we get lost and we just we don't pursue important things. We don't pursue strong relationships or creating in our own realms of desires it's just it's saddening because we just lose ourselves and especially in the world nowadays when there's so 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 many distractions everyone's just distracted every day constantly by useless useless crap and then i'm distracted every day and i I hate it like i want to dive into like like that girl, just dive into that creativity and live in these moments. And I think there's something really cool that you said is life's about creating moments, you know, like with the people. And uh, that's the beautiful thing is like creating something with someone. I think creating something alone is cool, 
But creating something with someone, it's just like, it's a moment to capture, you know, like, that's like a really, really, really cool deal. So, well, it's so much yeah. more fulfilling when it's with somebody else. Like, it is so much more fulfilling when you create somebody, something with somebody else. When you create something alone, you're like, oh, cool, like, I did it. There's no actual victory, though. There's no vocal, who, there's no hooray. And you're like, yeah, like, you can get excited. You can be like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know? But when you're with somebody else, it's that, like, eye contact. The moment just happened. We just created this. Holy shit. And it's like, we just did it. We just did this. Like, we just built this thing. Or we just accomplished this great feat. Like, we did it. And there's an actual victory that is prolonged. And, I mean, just speaking from, like, what's released in the body, like, the oxytocin and serotonin that's released in the body, the sense of well-being, the sense of community, like, the feeling of love is prolonged. It's a prolonged feeling. Instead of just quick, like, victory, dopamine, reward, it's this, like bond it's like we've we've done something great together this is amazing and instead of just like reward hormones of like dopamine you get all the other things of serotonin and oxytocin that last so much longer and it's like these moments the moments we're looking for are those moments that release all those chemicals and give us like a little more sense of of life of like what it means to be alive like that really really feel good like feels good those like lasting feelings of like joy because like i mean we we definitely get distracted by our dopamine buttons by like scrolling video games movies food we're like yeah dopamine 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 because it's like that that small sense of like what we really want it's like the serotonin and the oxytocin because those are like the lasting ones those are like i feel a part of something I feel a part of something with a goal, like a collective with a trajectory instead of like, I'm alone doing a thing. I did a little bit of the thing or I did accomplish this part of the thing. Cool. Reward. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, cool. Reward. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Whereas when it's with people, you have that sense of community of like bond, like actual love. And I think those, that's what we truly want to fill our moments with. And the ghost feeling that we choose to fill our time with, that, like, dopamine center, is just a, like, temporary filler. And it's this, like, shadow life of what we actually want to do. A shadow feeling of the feeling we really want. Like, it's not the love. It's not love. Like, dopamine isn't love. Like, it's a shadow feeling of love. It's just the shadow. It's not the actual experience that we want to have. Fuck. I just, I don't know. It's part of me wishes I was born before all these dopamine devices. But then again, I wouldn't be able to... It's like a double-edged sword, you know? Because <laughs> we have so many opportunities and have access to instant information and so much benefits. But at the same time, it comes with all these downsides of these distractions. And 
I would love just to dive into the good things, not the bad things, but you can't get one without the other. See, and that's the thing is, I think they've all, it's always been like this. Because now we have the knowledge of a lot of the problems of dopamine. Whereas before, if you think of being born before this time, you were born in a time when it was like socially acceptable to smoke at 13. Like, your parents' generation, it was socially acceptable to smoke cigarettes at 13. Like, there were kids smoking with teachers. And they didn't know the damages. It was just like, yeah, this is cool, you know, this is the thing. And it was just like instant dopamine. And I think that these dopamine things have always been around. They've just been in different forms. Different addictions, alcohol, all of that kind of... There's just different ways of slapping that dopamine button. And I think... Through time, we just reveal what they are. It's like pulling the layers back and be like, oh, that was actually bad for me. Oh, shit. It was like, in the time that you're doing it, you're like, this isn't bad for me. This is great. I feel good. And then you pull the layer back and you're like, oh, damn. It was fucking up my productivity. I wasn't actually doing the thing I want to do. I think it's the same thing throughout time. Like, smoking cigarettes with a teacher. Don't think it's bad. You're like, oh, yeah. This is normal. And then later in life, you got lung cancer, and you're like, fuck, I shouldn't have been doing that. And that layer gets pulled back. And, I mean, I, I don't entirely know what they would have been before that, because they probably... I do get that we do have a lot of more access to dopamine now. It's been processed in an abundance. Sugars, media, you are just blasted with dopamine opportunities. And so I, I do think that it is easier to access. But I don't know. I feel like they may have always been around, just in different forms. I, I believe that for sure. I hate the idea of saying, like, oh, we have it harder than anyone has ever had it. And it's like, I don't believe that. But it is different. Mm -hmm. I don't get people that justify instant dopamine. Like, because I don't know of one scenario where instant dopamine is beneficial. And there's people out there that will, like, defend these things. They'll defend junk food. They'll defend pornography. Like, all these things that, in my mind, are obvious. Obvious yeah. negative things. But people defend them as like, oh, they don't have any negative side effects. It's like, well, it's what? They're the shadow experience of the actual experience. And I know this because um, Kaylee said it one time. I was telling her about, I was like, hey, I was just like frustrated. I was like, yo, like, let's hang out, like, stop scrolling on TikTok or whatever. And she said, oh, it makes me happy. And I was like, no, it doesn't make you happy. It gives you dopamine. There's a difference. Like, it just slaps that dopamine button. She's like, isn't that happiness? And I was like, no. Serotonin and oxytocin is the happy hormone. Dopamine's the reward one. And I realized that it's not that people are actively choosing shadow experience. They think it's close to the actual experience. And so... They, they slap that button of, like, scrolling and, you know, 
sugar and all these other vices because it's that shadow experience of the actual one. And so they think it's the same or even similar, like very, very similar. And it's just due to a lack of, like we weren't taught about this in school. We weren't taught about dopamine in school. We weren't taught about serotonin, how the body produces serotonin. Like there was no point in time in the 12 years that I was in school that I was taught about the difference between dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin and how your body produces each one and where what happens. Like, there was a single moment in my schooling where it was like, yeah, like oxytocin is the loved one, serotonin is like the sense of well-being and like trust, and then like dopamine is reward. And these are how these things come about. Like you get serotonin from sunlight and you get oxytocin from a sense of like community and actually hugging somebody. Like you hug somebody for more than 10 seconds, you'll feel oxytocin. That's love. Like that's what you're feeling. And it's that lasting like bond. Like I feel close to these people. I trust these people. And it's just a lack of information that has been conveyed to us. And so people have these experiences, whether it be scrolling, whether it be pornography, whether it be sugar, and they're like, it's, it's that happy feeling. They think it's happiness because it's close. It's this shadow experience of happiness. When it's not happiness, it's just reward. It's like, oh, it's like when you did something good and your parents are like, good job, and you felt good about it, that's dopamine. You're like, ah, yes, good. And when you're scrolling, it constantly hits that center of the brain, like dopamine, dopamine. You're like, ah, good, got to keep going. Or pornography hits that center of the brain, dopamine, they're like, ah, yeah, keep going, good. It's supposed to tell you, like, you're on the right path. But as a society, we've learned to mass produce it in a lot of other ways. Just to make people feel good. And it's frying our fucking brains. And I think it's going to get worse. Like, I remember watching a video, uh, what is Elon Musk's company where they're putting these sensors in the brain i don't know the name of it neuralink yeah so with neuralink and other similar companies they're exploring and accessing all types of the brain and stuff um and they're about to get to the point where they could tell the brain to release certain hormones pretty they much. did there was a doctor yeah. that developed a device it's called the pleasure device mm -hmm. did you hear about this there was this a woman kind of, yeah that's kind of what i was watching yeah and so it's it's just this is why I'm saying it's going to get worse because it's getting to the point where people could literally press a button and it will give you dopamine. And so, you know, you think it's bad, like, cause you know, this, this will give you dopamine, but now it's just a, it'll be a literal like button and you could just fill yourself with dopamine and people are going to be zombies. Mm -hmm. like, I literally think people are going to be walking around like, uh, 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 you know, just trying She's to feel like, What's that? The, the girl who got the implant. So there was a girl, there was a doctor that he was pursuing these devices to try to relieve pain in people with severe and chronic pain. And he d installed one in this girl's head and it hit the pleasure center of the brain. And it was basically an instant orgasm. And she came back a week later and she would just have to press this button and it would electrically shock basically the dopamine part of the brain and release dopamine. She came back a week later with blisters on her thumb from That's how right. much she was pressing it. And she was basically brain dead. She was just a zombie at that point. She couldn't even fucking function. It's Cause she just like, couldn't stop pressing that button. It's so, Dude. so it's what the world we're going to live in, man. 
Well, and see, I have a theory about that. Nature consumes the weak. I've said it before many times. I genuinely believe in the flow of nature and how it works. And I do believe with all of my heart that nature does consume the weak and those people are self-annihilating and it's okay. It's a part of the process. They are meant to annihilate themselves and they will choose that route. Just like many people before have chosen the route of alcohol, of cigarettes, there will be people who choose that route of expedited social annihilation as fast as possible. And that's just part of the gene pool that's gonna go. And the rest well, of us will be fine. <laughs> here's the interesting thing is you could look how, you know, mankind we we screwed evolution. You know. We how so? it's not a I wouldn't say it's a horrible thing because, you know, you got loved ones and such, but with medicines and such, uh we are no longer on the line of evolution because we're now we're bringing everyone with us you know no one's dying anymore essentially for most ways people would and so evolution you know if we didn't have these medicines and evolution were to take place then all the weak would just die and the strong would continue and we continue growing and evolving as a species but we've really uh killed evolution but the interesting thing is it's still taking place mentally, kind of. You know, people aren't dying necessarily, but, and you look at, you know, what we talked about and where it's possibly heading is people are just going to be zombies. And there's a lot of people around today that they don't, they don't think. They just do what they want and they are weak in a lot of senses of the term. So people aren't dying anymore with evolution, but people are, their brains are dead. Mm -hmm. I would argue that evolution is being sped up because we are expediting natural selection through these processes. So through the process of like fast dopamine, we see it. What's the obesity rate now? Like the obesity rate's 42.4%, just crossed the 40% threshold. And like That's pretty high. the number one killer in America they die at like 40 to 50 years old. And these people that are choosing like expedited dopamine as fast as possible, they don't live very long. They get taken out pretty quick. And it's through their own choices. And then we fill them with drugs, which I hate to say that, but it is true. Big Pharma fills them with drugs that do not and I repeat, do not fix the problem, but they mask the problem or they subside symptoms. All drugs on the market, all they do is subside symptoms. They don't actually treat the issue at hand. They just remove the symptoms or mask the symptoms. So if you're obese, morbidly obese, they just give you things that would slow down your cravings or whatnot. Doesn't actually stop the problem the diet, what they're actually eating. Like, oh, this will just make you eat less. So they're still drinking a shit ton of soda and eating their hamburger or whatever and clogging up their arteries, but it doesn't actually fix the underlying issue. They just have a less of an appetite, still eating shit. And the people that know that aren't taking the drugs and eating the shit. 
They're like, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to eat my fruits, vegetables, and meats. And I'm going to take care of myself. And these people are living a lot longer. And the people that, unfortunately, half of the population is choosing instant dopamine and obesity, like actively choosing obesity, will die faster. They will go quicker. They all do. This is just statistics. I'm not, I'm not lying, but you could just look this up here. The rate at which you die, at which you age, you age a lot faster. And the problems that occur when you are obese are so much higher than if you were to actually take care of yourself and improve cardiovascular health. Like these people are expediting their death. And I think that we are just speeding up evolution, just quickly picking the ones that won't last. And those gene pools, because I don't think epigenetics ever ends. I think we constantly change our genes with what we eat. I think it's just something that we constantly do. Like I wasn't this handsome growing up and I ate really well, worked out a lot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> no, but I think that epigenetics is always a thing and you are always an expression of what you put in. Like you were always the expression of your input and your output. If it is instant dopamine, your genes die off quicker. You die faster. Your posterity dies faster. And so their gene pool is being killed off. Whereas the stronger ones will live longer and their children will live longer because they're not stuck with shitty genes. And so I think natural selection is just speeding up to kill off the people that are choosing dopamine and the people that are resistant to it, that choose resistance to dopamine. Their generations are what are going to live on. So well, it's interesting. You've got to ask yourself, though, is, is it going to be evolution-based or is it going to be our own self-annihilation as a human species? Because, I mean, you look at everything... That's luckily with a lot of things, we have all these years of studies and we're starting to see a lot of things have bad impact, but there's so many things that we have no idea. Like I was just talking to my roommate about this, like microplastics and all these things that are a part of our lives, you know, cell, cell phones, like connectivity, like uh, waiter waves everywhere. It's like, what are the long-term effects of these? We won't know for a, for a long time. And so uh, an interesting thought is, I think it's called the Great Barrier. Have you heard about it in, in mm. terms of science? I don't think so. And so what it is, is an, I think it's called the Great Barrier. In uh, science, it's basically the question, it's the paradox. The paradox of why we haven't seen alien life yet. Mm. And basically with the expanse of the universe, we should have seen alien life because it's so big, it's infinite. Um, so... One of the ideas is the Great Barrier, which is that every advanced species has come to a point where they self-annihilate. And that's why we haven't seen um, any alien life. And so you just with that idea in your head, you, like me personally, you know, being a kind of a nerd into the science is just I'm always asking myself, like, is this going to be, is this it? Is this what yeah. self-annihilates everyone? And like is every advanced species does is it their food 
it's their food that just slowly kills them off and they all die or is it the technology they create and so i'm always asking myself on that question is like how are we gonna annihilate ourselves i don't know that's interesting yeah because i can't remember i remember elon musk talks about it there's this guy that has this there's the this paradox of like either there's a ton of aliens or there's none at all either there's a lot of them or there's none at all and both are terrifying actually i think having a lot of them is less terrifying to me i like that idea like if there's a lot of them like oh thank god or if there's none of them at all that's fucking terrifying that scares the shit out of me because it's like if we are alone if we are just a candlelight ready to just be blown out that is terrifying and which i like the idea of getting amongst the stars but if you look like you said if you look at our society and the way that we move and the way that we are moving it's pointed directly at self-annihilation like it's not like there's nothing else it's just like burn it all down burn it all down let's start from zero like people just want to go back to the fucking dark ages and hopefully well, you look at how long humans have been you know here and our actual progression it's not like a up because we'll have war after war after war and we can't progress in that period mm -hmm. and so luckily for the past you know 50 years or so we've been at a good incline but mm -hmm. that could go away at any second we'll just lose everything to where yeah. like, our progression stops i mean you gotta thank rapid expansion a bit but at the same time it is a little terrifying of what is going on in the world because, you know, this is, and I don't mean to like shit on religion, but I do think it's a little bit of religion's fault. Um, just in general of being like, the whole idea that these people are worshiping a different God than you makes me laugh. Because number one, if there is a God, there's, there, we're all worshiping the same one then. If there isn't, then we're not worship, then we're all just fucking crazy and worshiping random shit. But if there is a God, then we're all worshiping the same one, just different ways of viewing it. Like it's different people who saw it at different periods of time or different angles. And they're like, no, mine's right. He has like a right ear. And they're like, no, mine's right. Motherfucker's got a left ear. You're a liar. And it's like, no, you just, you're seeing it from two different fucking angles. And now we're at each other's necks being like, your religion's bullshit. Your religion's bullshit. Your people should die. Your people should die. And it's just this like, yo, you're all angry about the same shit. Like, you saw the same motherfucker. Like, it's all the same dude. <laughs> like, whether the history about that dude has been construed in different books and different variations, like, I've been reading the Quran just because I really want to understand. They believe in Jesus. And the difference between Christian religion and Islam is just the death. They believe the death was just different. It's a Christian religion. They believe he died on the cross. Islam, they believe he was raised to heaven before that could happen. Who gives a fuck? Like, you both believe he's a holy dude. Isn't that what we should be taking away? <laughs> like, why are we like, no, fuck your religion? Like, this happened two fucking thousand years ago. Two thousand years ago. Who cares what happened at the end if, like, you both believe he's a holy dude? Like, why don't we just like agree on that and work together with, with just that as like our starting point? Why do we have to fucking kill it's each a, other over these beliefs? The history of the world. 
It's crazy. It's fucking mind blowing. War after war after war over over religion and such. I mean, that's the Bible. You know, that's yeah. any. It's just it's his history. People. It's so funny to agree. Me. I think. Uh, I, I've heard about this. I've looked into it a little bit. It's just humans' innate nature is we crave uh, contention deep inside of us. We crave contention. And so, and you just see that in everything. It's just like people over stupid, stupid, stupid stuff. People are going to willing to lose their lives over it because they just want to have that contention deep inside of them. And it's not a good thing to have, but I think everyone has a little bit inside of them. Well, I think it just goes back to my theory that nature consumes the weak. We look at weak things and we want to annihilate them. Or we want to just kill them and eat them. <laughs> it's just how it works. It's the circle of life, man. It's beautiful. It's like, I'm strong. I need to eat. You're weak. Eat. I'm strong. I need to eat. You're weak. Eat. Like, we look at the plants. We look at the vegetables. Oh, it's weaker than me. I can pull this strawberry and eat it. You know, it's not going to defend itself. You know, blueberries, I can just pull them off the bush and eat them. They're not going to defend themselves. A lion, on the other hand, I'm not going to go and try to wrestle that motherfucker and eat it because we all know it'll eat me. Like, it's just this, like, process of, like, what is lesser than us that I can eat? Horses see the grass. It's like, oh, it's weaker than me. I eat the grass. And I'm, I mean, it goes back to whatever you decide you want to sink your teeth in, you're going to pull nutrients from. But I think that's just the way it flows. It's just like nature, the only way nature lives on is through consumption and creation. Like there's death and there's birth. And it's just like the pendulum swings back and forth. And neither of them are bad or good. Right? It's like a lion must eat. It's not wrong for him to eat the gazelle. It's a good thing. And I, hearing that, you're probably like, oh, wait, what? Like, people have probably heard that. They're like, no, like, protect the gazelle. And it's like, no, the lion has to eat or else he's going to die. The gazelle has to eat or else it's going to die. Like, we have to eat or else we will die. It's like, you can't see consumption as the consumption of another creature or another thing as pure evil. It's necessary. It has to happen. Well, I could go into the vegan argument of we You're could eat plants You're still something lesser than you. You're still viewing something as like, oh, it's weaker than me. I can eat this. Even though you may not believe it has feelings or experiences because you haven't actually explored, like, herbology or, well, oh my god, horticulture. The more people study horticulture, the more they find that there is, like, an electrical impulse that's flowing through plants that gives them some sort of conscious experience of, like, delivering something or moving through. Like, mother plants will deliver nutrients to their baby plants up to a mile away using the mycelium in the soil. That's weird. But vegans don't know that shit. They're like, hey man, you're, you're killing something with feelings. And it's like, you might be killing something with feelings too. You never know. <laughs> like, it's just surface level. And that's why we kill, that's why for so long we've killed animals and eaten them because we don't understand the expressions. We can't interpret the expression. Whereas when you're harming a human, you understand the expression. You look at a human, when you harm them, you see the expression of pain. You're like, I understand that. I can feel that. I don't want to hurt you now. I feel bad for what I just did. Whereas a lot of people, especially back in the day, they looked at animals, dogs, cows, whatever, and they would harm them. They didn't understand or perceive the expression of the harm. They'd make a sound or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, whatever, it doesn't mean anything. Because I don't understand the actual expression. 
And now if you have a, like you have a dog for long enough and you accidentally step on the dog's tail, you're like, oh, I know that hurt. I understand that expression a bit. I'll, not fully, but I, ex I understand the yelp of the dog when I heard it, and I can actually see tears on the eyes. That's wild. I think the dog's crying. I heard it on accident. And it's like, oh, I understand this expression. Got to be careful with this. And that's just the barrier between us animals and, like, plants. It's like we don't understand, like, the actual, like, expression of pain or whatever. So, which I still goes back to my argument that, like, we still just eat whatever's weaker than us. Like, animals eat whatever's weaker than them. Like, the cells in our body eat the unhealthy cells or nutrients that is weaker than them. Like, the whales eat the fish. <laughs> they, everything eats something that it perceives to be weaker or lesser than it. And that's just the flow of nature. Like, the seagulls are going to eat the baby sea turtles. No matter how cute those baby sea turtles are, the seagulls are going to eat them. And I know when people think of that, they're like, no protect the baby sea turtles and it's like bro if the seagulls didn't eat them they wouldn't survive they have to eat them and that's just the flow man it's inevitable so it's my argument not not saying killing's good or okay just a little justification for what nature does <laughs> yeah those poor poor vegans are gonna hate you for that what said the poor vegans are going to hate you for that. I don't give a fuck. I don't give <laughs> I just, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of uh, biasm and not being educated in a lot of a lot of those arguments is just just like I go back to the book I read a lot and he's just really supporting veganism and then you know I look into it and he's like oh he's a vegan ever since he went to a meat farm it's just like well yeah is he supporting it for it's actually because it's actually healthy for me or is he saying it because he had a traumatic experience <laughs> I'm not saying animals aren't harmed you know inhumanely I, I know they are but at the same time it's just don't don't lie and say something's better for you because you feel personally about it people dive i'm a really rational person and so i obviously don't understand it but people dive into their emotions way too much i think it's like mm -hmm. oh, i feel i feel like it's it hurts so bad but there's a lot of rationale to it it's just like like you said everyone needs everyone needs to eat yeah. and who knows at some point we may go back to just eating people <laughs> let's eat each other because if you look at history, there were times when people ate people, and it was accepted. It was accepted. I'm not saying we should go back to that. I'm not saying that that's optimal. I don't, I'm not, I actually don't know if that would even be healthy. I'm just saying that there are times in history when not only did we eat the animals, but when we hated another person, we ate them. <laughs> like, <Ugh. laughs> I know. See, but we understand that that's gross because, like, we have so much more deep understanding of the expression of it. We're like, wait, that's fucked up and wrong. That person has so many, which before they were probably like, that person doesn't experience anything. They're full of hate. They're evil. They deserve to die. We need to eat them. That's probably what they thought. They're like, oh, they're filled with the devil. Kill them and eat them. Food. 
<laughs> I'm just thinking of it from a health standpoint, you know. And there's been studies on, you know, you take two animals and one eats really good stuff, and one eats really bad stuff. You eat the healthy one, and you're you're you are healthier. Mm-hmm. Humans eat crap, so it's, from a health standpoint, I don't want to eat people. I mean, <laughs> disgusting. You take somebody like David Goggins, they're probably never mind. <laughs> Sure, put him on my plate. <laughs> All right, we're definitely going to get in trouble for this one. <laughs> <laughs> this video's banned now. Yeah. Oh, it's good. all jokes. All jokes. All jokes. None of this is medical advice or real views. This is just theories. <laughs> uh, no, but this is true. Like Humans used to eat people, which is crazy, but it's a real thing. And... There used to be no limit to, like, what they could kill and eat. It was literally everything's available. All of it. Now we have limits to things, and that's fine. And there are people that want to put, like, more limits. They're like, hey, no, protect the animals, eat the plants. And that's fine. And now we have people that are like, no, eat the animals, forget the plants. And that's fine. Let's just never go back to, like... Soon we'll have eat the people, don't eat the plants or animals. (laughs) Protect the animals, protect the plants, eat the people. <laughs> I guess we'll start that one. No, no, I don't think we would get very far. <laughs> <laughs> we get shut down pretty quick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we would be shut down. Yeah, that would that would be our ex- expedited self annihilation. That would be the fastest way we go. No, but it's true. And humans. I do think it's odd that, I mean, it is just how, like, societies go. What's the uh, the lifespan on an empire? I think it's, like, two, the average lifespan of every empire is 250 years old. That's the average lifespan of every empire. And the U.S. is, like, what, we're, like, 260, 270 years. So we're, like, a little bit past... We made it over 100 years old, you know? Like, you see an old person just making it to 110, you're like, you go, keep going. Like, that's what people are probably thinking when they look at the U.S. They're like, you're doing so good. <laughs> we're like, yeah, blast each other. And they're like, you know, you've reached your time. <laughs> oh, we already are self-annihilating with our obesity rates. And you look at all our rates as the U.S., it's kind of saddening. Education rates, we're... We're kind of tanking in a lot of areas. It is, which is also another reason why I want to, like, number one, get back to being around my family, but also get my family the fuck out of the U.S. Which I know their religious views on it. Um, Like, I know my parents are very, like, God, I even hate repeating this. (laughs) They're like, what is it? Their, Their belief that, and this is fine. This is fine. I'm not shitting on the belief, but my parents very much stand by the fact that not by their belief that the U.S. is like Zion. It's like the promised land or whatever. And that's fine. But I think that every empire has its fall. And there are great places all over the world. Like, just to start with, Canada doesn't start beef with anybody. Like, you never hear about Canada having beef with anybody. Seems like a pretty safe place. Yeah, Canada's pretty chill, I think. Both literally and metaphorically. Yeah. (laughs) But I think there are places that may outlive 
will not outlive. Because it's like being born at different times. Like, I don't think Canada's really an empire. I don't even... They've got a military, right? I don't know. Tuesday? Yeah. The Canadian, the Canada Canadian has military. everything, yeah. I just think there's nothing out there. <laughs> they just they just aren't that uh, outspoken, I guess. So you no. don't hear a lot about Canada. No, you okay, don't. Yeah, they're... Everything in the U.S., Canada has. See, and like... There's a lot of places like that in the world that you hear absolutely nothing about. They're just doing, they're just chilling. And, ah, this creates another idea in my mind. Like the most aggressive are the fastest to go. Might be true, might not. I don't know, I have to think about that one a little bit longer. I just think Aggressive like, in what ways though? I think that's the question. Towards self-annihilation. So like, People who obviously constantly see, well, no, there's the most aggressive towards dopamine or pleasure. Cause like pleasure is mass produced in America, like mass produced. I have another theory about it, but I'm not allowed to talk about it on the podcast. It's one I'll have to share with you in private. This idea mm-hmm. I had because I, oh. I, I stand by the belief that everything is perfect um, and it has a natural flow, like birth, death, birth, death, push, pull, push, pull, input, output, input, output. And like we see things, we perceive them to be bad. But in the grand scheme of things, like you have things in your life, you're like, oh, that was bad. And then you, you expand the time horizon on it and you're like, oh, that was a good thing. That ended up turning out to be good, right? Look at the, the mistakes of your past, of your childhood, and you go, oh, that was bad at the time. And then on a long enough time frame, you're like, oh, wait, I needed to know this. And that's why that happened. So that ended up being beneficial to me. And so I have this other theory about what's going on in the world that we perceive right now. We're like, no, that's bad. But then when I think about it, I'm like, natural selection. Maybe this might be a good thing in the long run because they're just taking themselves out. And in the time, you're like, no, this is bad. This shouldn't happen. But then you just expanded the time horizon another 50, 60 years. And you're like, oh, thank God that happened. But I don't want to say it yet. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll share it off the pot because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> okay. Get Good, things. Thinking, I guess. Good things. I think you'll actually agree with me on this one. If Once I explain the whole thing, you'll be like, that actually makes sense. And it gives you... The, pers- the whole idea gives you a little bit pers- better and more optimal, op- optimistic outlook on what's actually going on in America. Because there's a lot of movements right now that we look at and we go, this is crazy. Why are we allowing this? Like, why is this happening? This is fucked up. And then you just expand the time horizon. You're like, wait, where does this lead? Like, what's the end product in this movement? We look at these specific movements, we're like, that's crazy. They're literally, I, I don't want to get in trouble for it. <laughs> you look at it, you're like, that's fucked up. You just expand the time horizon, you're like, wait, are they just annihilating their gene pool? Like, interesting. Hmm. I, I shared it with my dad, because he's very, very politically to the right. He's very, like, right-winged. And I was like, hey, have this idea. 
And I shared it with him and he was like, honestly, that gives me a lot more compassion for the people on the left. Like, not saying that they're like self-annihilating, but some people on the right and left are self-annihilating. I'm not going to argue either side. I'm just saying that some of them choose a faster expedited route. And we don't see it in the moment. We're like, they're fighting for something good. But then you expand the time horizon and you're like, they're fighting to die. Why? And then you look at their lifestyle and you're like, oh, natural selection. Like, it's just what we do in evolution. We go, what's a weaker part of us? Oh, this section of us is weaker? Kill them. And typically, that part of whatever species will offer themselves up. Be like, yes, I'm not that strong. It's like when the gazelles are running, when they're running away from the lion, the one that gets eaten is the one that's the slowest, not the fastest one. And we may just be doing it as a species, which is a little wild to look at. All right, hmm. I'll get off the topic before I get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you got to be sensitive when it yeah. comes to I got to be sensitive until they're all people, gone. Then I don't have to be sensitive. People are really uh, emotional in those aspects. I know, I know. Okay, it's I like, have... I've... Go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. I, was, I was saying, you feel, I feel like you could like be diving into this idea and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Which basically represents like either side of politics or something. And the second you like say, yeah, and then, then it's this side of the politics, everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When, when they were agreeing with you the whole time, it's, <laughs> it's politics are so stupid. It is interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, I'll have to share that idea with you off the pod and see what you think about it. It's just a theory. Gives me a lot more compassion. It's a, it's a theory that gives me compassion, which is interesting. Like, I like it because it's like, oh, now I just feel bad. It's like, fuck. Poor fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Should we end with some goals then? Yeah, I haven't touched the fucking goal thing. In a... Oh, God. Where is it? Yeah, I've been not so... Bueno. Is it on the Harrison? Oh, it is this thing. Oh my god. Oh, that was November. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Didn't we touch this last week, though? Yeah. I'm just curious why you're like a few weeks behind. Because I haven't tracked anything. No. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you right now, ever since I started creating, that is the only fucking thing I've been doing nonstop, all day, till six in the morning, three in the morning. That's all I've been fucking doing. I've been working out, taking care of myself. I've been reading, which there is a book that I've been reading that I think you will fucking love and agree with 100%. I think you'll agree with everything in this book. So. Okay. You remember conversations with God, right? And yes. that one you like didn't agree with. There's a lot of things that were just like, I don't know. Okay. There's this author, Napoleon Hill. He wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich. It's one of the most well-known books out there for obtaining wealth. It's phenomenal. He wrote this other book that's like pretty fucking hidden. And 
It's called Outwitting the Devil. And it's his conversations with the devil. And it is so crazy. It is so good, dude. Because it's basically mm. him getting a full confession of the devil of all of his tips and tricks to getting people to drift. And they're everything you're seeing in the world right now. He's like, these are my best tricks. And this book was written in like 1903. It was like fucking forever ago. I don't know. It's a long ass fucking time ago. But you look at it and you're like, it's just him getting this full confession from the devil. It's like, what do you do against people that get them to drift? And the devil's like, you will address me as your majesty. And this is what I do. And it is brutal. It is so crazy. But it gives you all Dang. of like the angles of your failures. It's like, that's where I fucked up. That's where I fucked up. That's, I see now why that led to this now. Like when I did this, it led to this. It's just every fucking angle of your failures and how to avoid them. And it's just this full confession from the devil. of like, this is how I work. This is how I operate. And I operate in these different levels. And it is scary true. And I think you should fucking just check it out. It's so good. Yeah, I'll have to put it on my list. It's hands down my favorite. It's literally everything Dang. we're talking about. Like he talks about how he gets people to drift with sugar and cigarettes and how he can, if he can get you to smoke a cigarette, he can get you to drink. And the way he does it, it's really interesting. He's like, this is how I attack the minds of children and adults. And I utilize these people and their school teachers. And I implement these practices and like, it's weird. But it's cool. And the devil was like, I will do everything in my power to stop you from releasing this book. I will do everything in my power to prevent this book from being published. And I will use as many of my followers as I can. And you find out later that all the publishers fought Napoleon Hill on publishing this book. And it wasn't until after Napoleon Hill, I think it was after like he had died, that they had finally gotten approval to publish this book. And like get this book out. And it's good. It's really Dang. good. Yeah, I have to check that out. Sounds sick. Um, all right, let's go through our goals. Fuck. Oh, all right, I'll go th quickly through mine. <laughs> I've been continuing my hypotrophy, hypertrophy, hypotrophy, and my yoga um, for my physical goals and for my intellectual goals. Mm. I've been pretty good at my reading and writing, spending half an hour of each, but I have been missing a few days. My life's been a mess. I've been praying and reading scriptures, which has been good for my spiritual. Um, I, I still want to better my relationships. I've been trying to say hi to everyone and complimenting one person every day. It's been challenging, especially getting sick and stuff, being trying to seclude myself, but still been trying to do that. And I also try, I kind of want to better my music as well. It's been hard, um, but studying my music production and actually doing it. I need to get get in the muse, get in the purpose, stop getting distracted. But, Start yeah. banging the muse, man. Well, is that easy? Get at it. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go through mine. Um, impact, three lives a day. I feel like I've been pretty good just because I'm always on the phone now with people and I still go to the gym and so I'm like talking to a lot of people and doing a lot of things. And I do interact with quite a few people a day. So I'm pretty solid on that. Expressing gratitude to nature, 10 minutes. I do that every morning um, before I touch my phone or even get to work on my shit. Um, gratitude journal. I have a story about that I totally forgot. 
I decided to do a thousand reps of gratitude journal the other day because we do a thousand reps on push-ups. I was like, why don't I ever try this for like gratitude? That was one of the most life-changing things I've ever fucking done. If you ever decide you want to try something like that, I highly fucking recommend it. A thousand reps of gratitude. It's difficult as hell, dude. And it takes like six fucking hours, but it's worth it. And I typed it. Hmm. I didn't write it with a pen because that would have taken fucking forever. I literally typed it and it took so goddamn long. Um, creatine, I'm good with that every day. <clears throat> I'm eating a pound of beef every day, so creatine's on point. 200 grams of protein, definitely not. Um, I'm probably at like 170 to 180. <clears throat> I've had some good days, actually. Gym or te- 10 minutes of active stretching. Off and on, <laughs> I'm not doing well with my fitness. It'll get better this week. Um, 10 minutes of website work. <laughs> I probably spend like five plus hours, so I should probably update that. <laughs> um, 10 minute net worth visualization, solid on that. Reading and writing, I'm solid on both of those. I'm consistent with those every day, but I'm just not tracking everything in this thing, and I need to be tracking them so that I have a better visual re- representation of what's going on. I've been really bad at that. But I'm still active. I go on walks every morning. Just not fucking gymming it up as much. All right. I guess that concludes our episode of Two Minutes to Life, episode 16. We will see you guys next week.